The UK's digital brokerage space has attracted significant investments of late. Habito landed a 35 million funding round back in August 2020. In July, Mojo Mortgages and Trussell were bought by US-backed firms for their technology. And then in August, London-based Charles Cameron Associates, which developed a fully remote advice service during the pandemic, was bought by Socium Group. So there's been a lot of movement and activity in the digital mortgage broker space. What we'll be discussing today is what this digital consolidation means for traditional brokers. I'm Ruby Hinchliffe, reporter at The Advisor. Here with me today, I have Charlotte Nixon, Mortgage and Protection Proposition Director at Quilter, and Billy Grimby, Chief Commercial Officer at Smarter365. Today, we'll be covering three main points. Number one, the consolidation itself and what it means for the traditional sort of broker market. We also want to look at whether traditional brokers should be worried about these digital brokers and their recent acquisitions. If so, why? And if not, why not? Uh, And we also want to look at whether these traditional brokers can compete and if so, how? So to kickstart, Charlotte, I'll come to you on our first point, looking more generally at the consolidation which has been happening in the last few months. Um, What do you think that this means for the market? What sort of impact do you think this will have on the the mortgage market? I think you can look at it a few different ways. I don't think it's going to be... Well, I'm thinking it from a from a broker uh, and an advisory view here. I don't think it will be a positive or, or a negative impact, really. I think it's interesting to see what's happened and the developments over the last few months in the digital space um, and how these digital brokers uh, are evolving and changing. I don't necessarily think they'll impact more so from a, a traditional brokerage um, space. I think more so now than ever. The need for advice is extremely important. I think it's been extremely challenging over the last year and a half for consumers to kind of guide their way through this whole mortgage um, mortgage market and the different products and criteria changes and all the changes from the government that they've put in put in place good or bad over the last year and a half I feel the need for advice now is more important than ever so where that really does come into play for for mortgage advisors having a mortgage advisor that they can speak to engage with um, have conversations around their different solutions and different options I think is more important than ever so I'm not sure how you know the, the consolidation or the developments or changes within this digital broker space is going to impact from an advisory space for mortgages. Well, how, how do you think it will impact the advice itself? Do you think that more investment going into the technology side of mortgage brokering will affect the type, the forms of advice that we're going to see in the next few years? Absolutely. I think if any, if we can take anything from the last year and a half, I think, you know, the developments and the enhancements that we're seeing from a tech space for mortgages has been fantastic. I really do take my hat off to the lender partners that we work with and the tech solutions just to try and help make the journey and the process easier for consumers and advisors. It's been fantastic. And I think it's probably accelerated some of the stuff that we've been crying out for 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 a number of years so I can only take a positive from that and I do think you know the development and you know the the improvements of technology of course is only going to improve the the mortgage journey I think where we just need to be mindful is that we work with an awful lot of lenders we have a huge panel of different lenders so from an advisor point you know, we, to try and get some form of consistency, I think is going to be key. And I, I, I'm not sure how that could potentially work when we've got different lenders, different, different, you know, application systems, different um, sourcing systems, different technology solutions all available, which is all great from a market perspective. I think it's fantastic. But how we can all 
bring those things together to work collaboratively and make that journey easier I think that's where we'll start to see some real improvements uh, and until that happens I, I think we will we'll still be quite divided really and, and quite separated. What about you Billy what do you think about the consolidation in the digital broker space and how that's going to impact the wider market? Yeah so I think there's two parts to this so I think the main thing is obviously coming from a tech background myself is a lot of these companies they're not tech companies they're they're big marketing spend companies and if you gave most mortgage brokers sort of 35 million pounds they could build what they would call a, a tech company but the actual underlying tech behind these isn't really anything I think that the wider market would be concerned about and I think that 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 investment and that sort of consolidation is always worrying but the reality is i think in the mortgage market there's been since it's pretty much its inception there's been massive players in it in terms of the banks themselves have been there with enormous budget big spend big market penetration and that hasn't killed off the the intermediary space and so the actual risk there i think to the to sort of traditional broker which is tends to be a smaller business is relatively small and i think you know in terms of the risk to the the tech providers and the people who are trying to disrupt the space is also pretty small purely because i think in my day job i've seen behind the uh behind the magician's curtain at some of these companies and it is um yeah it's not particularly uh, impressive tech that they're using okay and so so what what sort of tech would you be worried about then um if you know to put it that way yeah so i think the thing that keeps me up at night with my mm-hmm. uh chief commercial officer hat on is 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 the worry that somebody somewhere from a silicon valley sized company is going to look at the digi- uh, look at the mortgage space and realize the amount of money that's moving through here and with a few percent here and there the amount of money that can be made and that a true tech player will come in but i think until the sort of regulation from the government side catches up with the reality of the modern tech space it's not an enormous concern and i think it's going to take a long time before that that regulatory you know catches up to, to where we are today in terms of tech and also market requirements and demands from consumers Sure, that it sounds like this kind of, I guess what we're talking about is some sort of phantom tech disruptor potentially <laughs> on the horizon. If it was, it, they would need a lot of money and investment to get over the regulatory hurdles. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, I think if you look at something like um, Revolut and Monzo, they've come in very quickly and they've taken an enormous slice of that market um, and particularly disrupted, I think, you know, sort of the, the younger end of that market. There's absolutely no reason why somebody couldn't do that for mortgages in the future. But I think if you look at the regulatory requirements, but also I think mortgages are a little bit different in, and I guess Charlie, you probably see this at Kulta as well, is that it's a really emotional purchase. For most people, mm-hmm. this is the biggest thing they're ever going to invest in. Like Most people aren't spending 200 grand investing in the stock market and things like this. So this is all of the money they will ever have that they're putting into a property. And I think it will be interesting to see, I never say never, but it'd be interesting to see if somebody really can do a digital robo execution mm-hmm. only mortgage in the future that really could disrupt that emotional aspect of it. What about you, Charlotte? What would keep your sort of head awake at night um, in this space? What would what would be a threat to you and your sort of network and the players that you work with? Yeah, I'd probably agree with what, with what Billy just mentioned there around, yeah, if someone could come in and develop a way that they can, you know, engage with consumers and make that journey as personal as it is, you know, to buy a house, their dream house, the house that they want to move in, you know, with their family, et cetera, and try and create that, that would obviously be a, a, a huge concern. But I personally don't see that 
happening. I think the need for advice is always going to be there. And especially uh, until we can get some consistency or some technology where we can kind of align all the different lender application systems, criteria, risk approach, and have kind of a more of a joined up approach across all lenders, which that is an absolute dream and a wish list and I can't see it ever happening. That's where I think the need for advisor is always going to come in because you're going to need that expertise of, right, this lender is good for this particular client type or this particular need. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a start of financial advice. That is the core part of financial advice. It starts with a mortgage and then ultimately then it would come, whether it's you know pension planning or anything like that, it will always come on the back of that. So, yeah, unless there is something out there that could potentially do something and bring the market together, the lenders, et cetera, then that would be a worry. But I just can't see see that ever happening. I think there's a I think there's, you know, a want for it just to make the process a lot easier and streamlined. But if we ever get there, I'm I'm not sure we will. Yeah, perhaps at the moment it's, it's a bit more of a pipe dream um, for those Absolutely. potentially going to invest in it. But I mean, we, we talked a little bit about I guess, why perhaps at the moment with what's actually on the horizon, traditional brokers don't need to be too worried. So what is it that traditional brokers are sort of doing right and that they need to kind of maybe expand on? And, you know, if we look at what they're doing at the moment, perhaps how they could evolve as well. I think that'd be interesting to look at. Billy, do you want to kick us off on that? Yeah, so for me, I think most people are comfortable buying a new phone over the internet and, uh, you know, connecting up with a new phone provider, things like that, small purchases, little bits of protection here and there. But I think for something as big as mortgages, it's that a service that an intermediary can offer that I think even, to be honest, quite difficult for some of these very large digi brokers to truly offer. Where it's, it's almost somebody to say, hey, it's going to be all right, that you are making the right decision, that these are the best options in front of you, that this is going to work out. You know, and I think it, that emotional part of it is, is where I think the, the intermediary space is so strong and why it will continue to be strong for a very long time is, is because people do need some reassurance from somebody who's got a qualification, who's backed by the FCA, who they can see, who they can talk to. I think, you know, we brokers have, have adapted. I think amazingly during lockdown and, and the last 18 months to continue to offer that sort of service remotely to a, to a whole range of people. Um, and I think as long as I think the success of tech in the, in that sort of mortgage broker space and, and helping will be about helping intermediaries be more successful rather than trying to replace them or trying to minimize their role in that journey. What about you, Charlotte? What, what yeah, you one, 100% agree. I think if we can try and make the journey better for consumers and advisors on you know you know sourcing a mortgage finding a mortgage applying for a mortgage if we can how we can use technology to to enhance that journey i think that is where we should be focusing on um and yeah i think over the last you know year and a half engaging with consumers and, and their clients remotely uh, was a real change for some advisors they've always been you know traditional face-to-face advisors to so try and work in this new virtual world uh, is one thing but then also work for a world of where lenders are, are changing their criteria and their risk appetite literally daily because you know there's changes that have happening you know from government changes you know the, the the government schemes furlough schemes these things were happening so quick and so often from a consumer to try and get my head around that and figure out right okay yesterday that mortgage product was right for me but now it's different and what do I do now that's where you need that's where the broker comes in and that's where you know where we can help make that journey easier, I think is what we should be all be working on as an industry. And I definitely think there's a there's a want to do it and there's definitely solutions available. We've just all got to come together to make that journey easier and, and work together. And I, I hope that's that's what can happen 
you know, by working with intermediaries, lenders and tech solutions. Um, and I, I think I, I'm seeing that a lot more, which I think is, that, you know, it's a huge positive. It'd be interesting to hear from you both what you think brokers could learn from perhaps the, the digital broker space or just like technology in general and kind of maybe what they need to improve on in the sort of technology space. Billy, what, what do you think that they could learn? I know we've talked about some of the, the pros and cons of digital brokers, but are there things that bro- traditional brokers can learn from these digital brokers? Yeah, I think the main thing for me is clarity of message. So as these digital brokers, you know, if you've just been given 35 million pounds, you've got the money to get a very good copywriter on board and some very good mm-hmm. digital marketing people. And I think for me, they are very good at explaining to their target demographics what it is that they offer and why it is of value to the client. And I think most mortgage brokers didn't go into mortgage broking to get really into social media marketing and into copywriting. They got in because they wanted to give advice to people. And so they're not necessarily skills that they, they're equipped to, to have from the start. And I think for me, that's one of the sort of core sort of quick wins that I would offer to a lot of brokers is to look at the messaging and look at the way that some of these large brokerages are positioning themselves and that clarity of messaging and to really bring that through in, into, into what they do. And then from a tech perspective, I think it's about, and obviously it'd be remiss of me not to slightly plug smarter here, but it's really about bringing a tech provider in who, again, sort of pushes alongside what you're trying to do as an intermediary, but provides these digital experiences that people need. You know, nobody has a printer at home anymore. So if you're asking people to print documents and you're asking them to send stuff to you, people can't do this. If you're taking very sensitive information over email and through text messages and things like that, again, that is bad advice and you shouldn't be doing that. So it's about finding secure ways of doing it, digital ways of doing it and providing that after sales care as well. You know, if you get given a bunch of documents post mortgage, most people, especially if you look at, you know, people living in London and first time buyers, they haven't got space for a filing cabinet to keep all of these documents safe for the entire length of their term. So providing them that digital real estate where they can store these things and and quickly come back to it is also good for you as a broker because they're going to be naturally directed back to re-engage with you. That's going to help with protection sales, remortgages and things like that. What about you, Charlotte, in the sort of network um, over at Quilter? Are you seeing some brokers that are kind of getting it right or ones that you think are good examples yeah, so as you can imagine from a network uh, and the network of our size, we've got a huge mix of different business types, different advisors, um, some that have been in the industry for, for a while, some that are quite new, and they're all coming at this in slightly different ways. And I think you can take good from everything from each of each of them really and what they're doing so you've got the traditional advisor who you know from a from a wealth more you know pension mortgage they're there doing the whole thing and they're used to doing it face to face we've got some firms that are quite new that are extremely savvy from marketing um, and social media and it's kind of bringing the two together to learn from each other Um, and the thing that we are focusing on now is more that whole intergenerational advice because we have got a huge client bank where we're helping them kind of work towards their at retirement space but then they will have you know uh, sons daughters children whoever that need to come on that financial advice journey which will ultimately probably start with the mortgage and so we're trying to help advisors you know kind of meet their needs as well and bring them on the journey and it's how we do that like billy mentioned it's all around how you target the specific messages and we've got some firms that do it extremely well more from a protection point actually because obviously it's a little bit more of a a different way of engaging with customers and it's not something that people think oh great i'm going to go and buy some protection today maybe what they do i want to get a mortgage i want to buy that house 
So, you know, they've got some real success around how they're targeting clients through social media. Haven't seen that too much on the mortgage side, but I think it's just how you engage with um, that kind of younger demographic around financial advice, you know, how they can, uh, how an advisor can support them on their financial advice journey. There's definitely some um, more improvements we need to do. And we are helping our advisors on that journey around that client engagement piece, because that's what it is. It's client engagement, keeping them as a client, engaging with them through the whole kind of journey, whether it's starting with a mortgage all the way through to financial planning advice. Um, and that's going to be a key to a successful advisor is retaining clients, new clients, retaining clients, but kind of help, you know, targeting them in, in slightly different ways. So, yeah, I do agree that the whole social media and, and messaging is is absolutely key, I think. It's interesting as well that you sort of discern as well, because we haven't done much discernment between the different products people are, are getting through these services. And I think it's important because obviously there is a bit of a gap between the amount of people getting mortgage and then the amount of pe people getting protection on that mortgage. And it'd be mm -hmm. interesting to hear from you both on whether you think that technology could really help to bridge this gap between the take-up of these different products. Oh, I can come to you first, Billy. What do you think in terms of, I mean, we talked already about how tech can help sort of join up the dots, but how do you think specifically tech could help with some of these gaps? Yeah, so I think the main way that particularly in this space, tech's helping is it's saving time. So previously brokers have spent so much time doing admin and admins have had to spend so much time doing sort of basic admin stuff. It's very hard to find the time to actually go out there and be right. Now I'm going to go and make sure that I've really got um, full penetration in terms of like cross sell and upsell. And again, a lot of people have come into the to mortgage broking space to be brokers. They weren't necessarily coming in to be sort of you know, traditional salespeople going out to find these um, opportunities and to find where they can pitch these things. So I think tech's great in that a, it will give you back time and that time will mm -hmm. give you choice. So you can choose whether or not you want to try and grow and expand your business or you want to reinvest that time into your own sort of well-being and, and mental health. And I think the other big thing that tech's starting to offer is that the more advanced it's getting and the more integrated into different providers and to different offerings it's becoming, it's allowing us as tech providers to automate a lot more of this. So we can automate the engagement, we can begin the interaction. But again, it's about tech shouldn't be trying to replace, you know, you don't want to be trying to automate this upsell process or trying to automate protection sales. It's about giving people a nudge at the right time, both the broker and the client, so that they're aware of when and how they could be sort of taking advantage of these opportunities. So what about you, Charlotte? What do you think in terms of the, the, the gap between different products and how tech can help bridge it? Yeah, I think this is something that we've been looking at for years and years now. And, and, and it always comes back to the point of around, you know, advisors, time and resource. And I think if you look at how busy our mortgage advisors are at the minute with such a buoyant mortgage market, they are just completely inundated with with different queries, different kind of, you know, clients coming to them for different mortgage advice. It's, it's a real challenge and their time is taken up. So where time is taken up on mortgages, they've got less time to focus on other product areas i.e. protection. And we've done these things before where we've looked at trying to, you know, save time, helping them, you know, look at different avenues of looking at protection, but it, it's not done what we needed to do. And I do think it comes down to advisors really kind of embracing protection, understanding the need and really believing in protection themselves to, to incorporate that. So, where we've seen some success is where, of course, as Billy said, we can help save time by utilising technology, you know, not putting rekeying data for all these different solutions and different systems that our advisors are using to help them look at, you know, protection quotes and protection administration, helping make that a little bit more streamlined and easier. 
Um, so I do think technology, of course, can can help aid that. But I do think it comes down to advisors needing to, to understand just how important protection is and trying to, to incorporate that into their advice process as much as possible um, and however we can support that. Um, and, we've, and we've looked at all different solutions at Quilter and we'll look at other solutions when they become available to help support that. We, we of course, will. Sure. And I think it's also interesting to look from the point of view of kind of we've talked about the sort of pros and cons from both sides, both from the digital and the traditional broker uh, markets. But it'd be interesting to when we talk about consolidation so far, we've talked about consolidation of the digital mortgage brokers. But obviously for traditional brokers to become more tech savvy and to kind of embrace this world more, will we start to see a kind of consolidation of perhaps the tail end of of the broker broker market, you know, the really small brokers, because surely to get more tech savvy and to invest more in the digital space, brokers are going to have to be consolidated a little bit at that tail end so that they can actually take part in this space. So I was wondering what you think we'll see from from the traditional brokerage market in terms of consolidation. Billy, I can come to you first. I think that tail end's pretty resilient. I think there's definitely, for me, the, the, more interesting piece is, is about the demographic of most brokers, that age demographic, mm. and when, and where more people from a wider range of demographics, both age and everything else, will start to come into the space, and how that will change it. But I think, in terms of you know the sort of tail end piece, tech's not particularly expensive. I don't think when you look at the the average proc fee, when you look at the amount of money that can be made from protection sales and from other opportunities that can be investigated once you're using tech. I think, you know, most people are probably looking somewhere in the region of between 60 to 100 pounds a month, which if you think about how much time it can save you and also how much more business you can do, I think that's an investment that most people would be making and also probably not far off what most people are paying in their private lives for a combination of Netflix, Prime, all of these things. So I think that price point is pretty reasonable. And in terms of training, I think most... So there's an interesting sort of breakdown here of I think if you look at the newcomers in the tech space they are coming in as tech companies which means they come with fully staffed customer support teams fully staffed customer success and training teams proper training and like these lessons that have been learned in actual tech spheres and I think they will slowly start to push out some of the older tech incumbents who maybe haven't invested in the the training and the resources necessary to help people use tech but also I think broadly we often talk about mortgage brokers as if they're sort of dinosaurs who maybe don't understand <laughs> how computers work. But actually, I'd be very surprised. You know, tech's already in the mortgage space. Like everybody's mm. using a computer, everybody's using Excel, everybody's using emails and their phones. So like the tech's there. It's just this is the next stage of how do we get people to use tech that's more engaging, that provides their customers better experiences. And so I think they're going to be fine. Mm. And what about you, Charlotte, when you look at the sort of smaller brokers? Um, yeah. Um, as you can imagine, we've got a real, you know, real mix, as I've mentioned at Quilter. So and I think that that's why it's so important to work with a network, because ultimately you're you're following an advice process. You're in a regulated space. You're giving advice. You need to make sure that you're delivering advice in the right way and you're working to an advice framework, which, of course, us as a network, we can provide that. But then alongside that, we either then work with technology solutions to make that advice process as streamlined as possible 
but in a compliant manner. And I think, um, you know, how we can continue to support that, um, you know, we've got, as I say, a mix of advisors. They all have the same offering here at Quilter. So they all work for the same advice journey, the same tech offering that we have. So it doesn't matter if they're our largest mortgage broker or our smallest, they have the same options. So again, I think, um, I don't think it's going to really affect the smaller brokers. I think we just need to make sure that we have tech solutions available there to work in a compliant environment so they can give quality mortgage advice quickly and efficiently so us as a network we're always working to try and integrate technology where we can at the right at the right points to to make the journey easier but uh, again in a in a compliant framework sure and something i think would be really interesting sort of looping it back to the the theme of this which is looking at how consolidation will impact the the industry you know in terms of Obviously, the digital brokers, how they are now, are not a huge, huge threat. And, you know, they're only at a certain scale. But if you look at sort of the, the plans of some of the consolidators of what they want to do with these digital brokers, it's obviously to scale them up, to, to use them to kind of get and touch a lot more customers. Um, you know, if you look at, say, the, the Mojo Mortgages deal um, with U-Switch's owner, there's, they've got lots and lots of web traffic that they can kind of push through these digital brokers. So... Is there a worry that once these digital brokers are scaled up and a lot more money is put into them, is there any threat at that point, potentially? Or even at that point, are we not really looking at a huge threat? Billy, I can come to you first. Yeah, so I mean, anyone throwing a lot of money around in an industry is always a concern. No one has managed to do it yet, which I think is a reassuring point there. You, you can spend a lot of money on Google AdWords. You can get a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. I think the actual benefit broadly for the rest of the market is that if I look at people of my generation and a, and a bit younger, a lot of them aren't necessarily familiar with what a mortgage broker is. So if some of these bigger digi brokers want to spend millions really building up about the the benefit that a mortgage broker brings in a, in a mortgage purchase transaction so that we can take more business from the banks, I'm very happy with that. I'm not necessarily sure that their conversion is, is going to be fantastic. I think if you look at, you know, so from the data that we have at Smarter when we're processing these sorts of things, these very big companies with a lot of leads, you need an enormous number of people to process those leads. Mm. That's very expensive for very low conversion rate. If you are running a very well-respected local business that's working on, on word of mouth, you've got an excellent conversion rate and very low cost lead acquisition. So ultimately you're fighting in a different pool. You know, so previously to, to Smarter, I worked for Trustpilot. Word of mouth and and sort of people giving great feedback about something is always going to be the most powerful way to acquire stuff. Mm. And I think the, the natural position of the intermediary space at the moment is relatively small businesses doing a lot of business through word of mouth referrals and through quite a close knit lead acquisition strategy. And I don't think that Mojo and, uh, Mojo and some of these others can really spend enough money to try and break that, that sort of route apart. Sure. What about you, Charlotte? Like some final thoughts on, you know, looking at this picture of if they were to be scaled up. Um... Yeah, I think there's always that. There's always that worry. But my, my thought comes back to from a lending perspective, like how would they need to obviously engage with lenders to then operate, you know, and, and look at products and and. and I've not heard anything, you know, of them kind of working with lenders and and, and operating in that space. So I, I can't see it being a huge challenge. And, and as we as we as we've already mentioned, the amount of lenders that are in the marketplace and the amount of different different kind of views on you know different client circumstances and uh, and criteria, I can't just see how that would then be you know easy just to 
pop on a tech solution and, and follow it end to end. There's going to be there needs to be some form of interaction there to 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 kind of narrow down to the right client or to the right consumer. And the only way you can do that is by understanding full you know fully what their needs are you know ultimately what their circumstances are and and, and sourcing the right solution available to them and that's where the broker mortgage advisor comes in so yeah i suppose there's always that challenge um and especially as billy mentioned from that kind of younger demographic potentially but i just find from the initial marketing yeah that that could be something that that could be a worry because they could reach out to an awful lot of uh, of consumers but then that next phase of actually sourcing and finding the right mortgage for them um at the right price etc and and you know further further down the field of you know five ten years down the line can they do that i don't think they could so that's where a mortgage broker is going to need to come into their own as they always have done and source the right mortgage for them based on their needs so whether we can kind of work collaboratively, as I said, again, with some of these firms to, you know, reach out to more consumers and show the services that mortgage advisors can can offer, then that could work relatively well, I think. But separately, I don't think it's going to be a, a huge threat. I think you make some really good points there, Charlotte. And, and Billy, feel free to tack on anything you want to say just before we wrap up. Yeah, I was going to say, I think as an industry, so I'm not a mortgage broker. I don't come from mortgage broking backgrounds. I'm a tech guy but I've never experienced an industry that's so protectionist. And I think that's the main thing going forward. Like if we want the intermediary space to be, to be a thriving market where these, these smaller intermediary brokers are gonna be successful, we need to let the tech companies in. And obviously I'm biased from the, from the background that I come from, but the thing is we're tech companies in the same way that as tech companies, we don't want to be networks, we don't want to be clubs, we don't want to be lenders. We want to help make these spaces better and to make these journeys better. And, and I think, if we could work more collaboratively across the market with everyone who is engaged with that mindset and to really open this space up to allow disruptors in and to not sort of close the doors when people are trying to come in with these smaller bootstrap companies to really make a difference, then I think that's how we'll sort of prevent massive consolidation at the top of the market. Um, but it is going to take some teamwork and some people taking mm-hmm. some some risks of letting the, the tech guys in. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Billy. And, and thanks, Charlotte, as well. Um, I think this has been a really interesting discussion. I think we've hit a lot of points and we've kind of painted a lot of different potential pictures that could come out of the, the consolidation. But I think the key message is that there's another step. It's not just about leads and, you know, traffic. It's about delivering it and it's sort of end to end. And whether these these issue brothers will engage lots of other parts of the market or try and do it themselves, I guess we just have to wait and see. But I think we've um, we've brought up some really important points so thank you very very much for for joining us both and yeah feel free everyone who's listening uh, to go and explore some of our other podcasts um, and we're also always open to, to new ideas so do get in touch thank you very much did you know the capital ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by capital group ceo mike gitlin Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.